Welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Graffiti Bridge from the film and album Graffiti Bridge, which I think is called something like music from the soundtrack to Graffiti Bridge or something. I'm sure it's got a longer, a lot, a proper longer title than that. Uh, this track itself was first recorded in July 1987, and then re-recorded a bit in 1989, and then there were overdubs done in 1990. Most of the work that was done in 1990 was with Claire Fisher. There was a little bit of adding uh, Tevin Campbell and Mavis Staples onto, onto the track. Uh, Sheila E. and uh, Levi Caesar and uh, Bonnie Boyer uh, were you know on the track that was recorded in '87, which of course makes sense because they were on the touring band around that time. Uh, this was released on the 20th of August 1990, and it is three minutes and 51, uh, which for a title track from a Prince film is disappointingly short. Um, so joining me to talk about this today is Martin Sand. Hello, Martin. Hi. I feel like the genre of this is the same as the previous song, which is. It's another ballad. <laughs> a little bit quicker paced than Still Would Stand All Time. And a lot more gospel-y in a way. I can say, yeah, there is kind of, yeah, there is a bit more of a kind of gospel influence, which is weird because Still Would Stand All Time had an actual gospel group on it. <laughs> and yet this is the one that has a kind of more solid kind of gospel influence. Uh, but yeah, Prince had, um, you know, he'd written the script for Graffiti Bridge sometime in in 1987 and so in july 1987 he recorded this song basically um he also did melody call um that that day that day as well and also um if i love you tonight um you know so he he kind of recorded a few songs in that time period um and obviously two of those ended up making it onto the graffiti bridge soundtrack three years later practically every single song on the graffiti bridge soundtrack was not recorded anywhere near the time of graffiti bridge kind of coming out um, you know, so I mean, it's interesting that kind of Tevin Campbell's and, and uh, maybe Staples kind of work their way onto onto the kind of finished track. Um, you know, uh, and you know, this is it feels so weird to me because in the film, this this song appears for exactly like a minute and twenty seconds, right at the very very end of the credits, um, and you only get like a, a verse and a chorus. And then and then it just kind of fit the entire film finishes with the the kind of everybody's looking for graffiti bridge kind of like chorus line. And that's the end of the film. And it's such a, um, I don't know. I To me, if you were a Prince fan in 1990 and you like went to the cinema to see, you know, this is the sequel to Purple Rain mm. and you're sitting there and you're waiting for the title track to be played because, you know, this is nothing but music videos back to back to back. Like every single scene is basically either a music video or a, a small amount of dialogue trans transitioning to the next music video. Um, and then you, the one song that doesn't get a music video at all on the soundtrack is the title track. And it only appears at the very end of the credits. And I don't know. I just, it's just such a weird kind of placement of that. Um, it's also weird because it's like a much more uh, cinematic song than... A lot of what's actually in the movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I would like, agree with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Like this is be a stronger finish. You know, if Prince is going to win back Glam Slam, then this song kind of makes sense. And in fact, the film finishes um, before it kind of goes to credits. Uh, there's this, there's this, um, this kind of stairwell 
where Prince and Ingrid Chavez spend a lot of time talking to each other. And on the wall, someone has painted the lyrics of Graffiti Bridge. I guess that's meant to be Aura, even though she's dead. Um, you know, but she was an angel, so, you know, she's, she's alive again after her death, walking down this alleyway. Um, anyway, so in purple paint on a wall, uh, kind of like cream-painted wall, are all the lyrics to Graffiti Bridge, which is basically the same thing kind of repeated over and over again, which is everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge, something to believe in, a reason to believe there's a heaven above. Everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge. Everybody's looking for, everybody's looking for, everybody's looking for love. And... It's just basically that repeated over and over again. There is essentially no verses in this. It's just all chorus, um, which is kind of so unusual. Um, apart from there's like a middle eight where Prince sings about the love of a boy, the love of a girl, the love that comes from inside a warm heart in a cold, cold world. And then straight back to everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge. And, yeah. You know, um, and then there's a little bit of kind of like, I like actually when we get kind of like the, I don't know, the fifth time through with the chorus where Prince starts going, you know, uh, let democracy take you higher and uh, wave your hands, <laughs> wave your hands on the power of love. And then love is shining. And so kind of just like these weird little kind of things. Um, yeah. And the song kind of just finishes with Prince kind of saying there is a future, a future worth fighting for. And then he says everything will be all right. And then finishes with everybody wants to find graffiti bridge. And then. That's kind of the end, uh, although not the end for the album, because then we get uh, <coughs> what I like to term a musical abortion, which is uh, the next track I'll be talking about, which is the new Power Generation Part 2, which is just a horrible mess of a song. Uh, you know, Prince takes a reasonably good song and then ruins it by just throwing a load of extra stuff on top that doesn't make any sense and just makes it a terrible song. Uh, but, you know, I'll speak about that in the next episode. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's just so weird because this... Almost like with the Batman album, you feel like Batman would have been great if it just finished with Scandalous. But then Bad Dance comes on, which I will say is a five out of five and it's a crazy experiment. But the album itself feels like it climaxes with Scandalous and that's the final kind of song that's on the end credits of Batman. So that makes sense. And it's the same with this album. It feels like it should climax with Graffiti Bridge and finish with Graffiti Bridge. But then Prince goes one one more track and he just kind of... Uh, I don't know. There's a point kind of in the in the 90s where Prince starts to do this with his albums, where there's like a kind of a natural climax, and then he just goes one more song, or in the case of Emancipation, twelve more songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean that's yeah. not an uncommon problem um, in the, uh, or it wasn't an uncommon problem in the age of the uh, album, which is uh, kind of over now. Um, <clears throat> But back when people would buy and listen to albums, um, you'd you'd often have this where um, like there's um, you'd get an album and um, you can actually find the seams where the band had the band or the artist had a complete album that um, was really thought out and it um, built to a certain thing and it had a clear uh, you know ending, um, but the uh, process of developing and putting out an album is so long that by the time um, they had um, already recorded some other stuff and maybe a single came out and um, uh, the the uh, record company or the band wanted to put that on the album too. And um, that's how you end up with... Um, <clears throat> like, if I'm trying to think of a concrete example... Um, 
the album Time by ELO comes to mind. Okay. Um, like that's a concept album and um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's got a bunch of really great ELO songs and um, you can, you can tell at a certain point, um, you know, the album tells a story and the story is finished and there's an ending and then they tag hold on tight to your dreams uh, <laughs> on there, <laughs> which is, um, which is completely which is a great song, but it's completely jarring because it's uh, completely different in theme and tone um, to the rest of the album. It's a completely different sounding song. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you have that on a lot of albums. It's funny because Prince would have a habit of finishing an album and then recording one more song. And, you know, in, in a lot of you know cases, that would be <clears throat> Kiss. And then it would be, um, you know, You Got the Look. And then it would be Alphabet Street, and then it would be, um, you know, Bat Dance, and then it would be Thieves in the Temple, and then it would be Get Off, and then it would be, you know, um, Sexy MF. Like, it's literally sometimes with Prince, the last song he records is always kind of like the best song that's on those albums. <laughs> and and it just seems kind of like a, a kind of weird coincidence that kind of Prince always kind of did that. But yeah, I mean, the sequencing for this album, and I, I can't even really call it an album because... You know, the, the interruptions of the time and Tevin Campbell and, um, you know, the time again and then the time one more time and then and yeah. then Baby Staples. Like it kind of really throws it off as a Prince album. Personally, on my iTunes, I have it divided into Graffiti Bridge and other artists on Graffiti Bridge. And so I have the, the kind of just the Prince songs as one kind of album. Um, and obviously those are the ones that I'm discussing in these episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but I know I I I mean I really enjoy this song, even though it is just kind of the same thing repeated over and over again. Because I think each time through Prince kind of does he does kind of alter the lyrics slightly. Um, you know, he says someone that makes you happy, someone who makes you laugh when you want to cry. You know, like everybody wants to find the perfect one. You know, like so there are some nice sentiments that he's expressing, and I do even love the kind of the yelling of "Let democracy take you higher," <laughs> <laughs> and and people throw away your your arms of fire. Like I do love this kind of weird kind of sudden like an agit agit prop kind of prince that's just kind of suddenly throwing these words out there. Um, you know, kind of coming up with these ideas on the fly. Um, yeah. You know, and I do love the production as well. It's really lush. And it's kind of, you know, the extra kind of voices of, of Mavis Staples and, and, and you know, Tevin Campbell. and They really do kind of add something to it that some of the tracks on, on this, um, particularly, let's say, I don't know, a Tick Tick Bang, uh, a kind of very thin feeling because it's just Prince by himself. Um, whereas, you know, adding those extra voices uh, kind of really does, like we say, give it a bit of a gospel feel and it's kind of makes it a bit more epic. Um, and it's kind of also then puzzling why this isn't the final song like that wins the battle. This is just like kind of one more song that kind of happens during the credits. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I think it's an enjoyable song to listen to. And of course, it's, you know, it's shorter than Still Would Stand All Time, which kind of goes on for way too long. You know, this kind of gets out of there in under four minutes. And I think that's one of the things that kind of I also enjoy about it is the fact that it doesn't kind of outstay its welcome. I'm always a sucker for a song that finishes with the title as well. Any song that just finishes with people singing the title of the song, I, I will always love that song. doesn't matter what that song is. If you just finish by singing just the title, then I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Because then I won't forget what the song is. Really, it's just like, here, here is the title of the song. And that's the last thing you hear. And you're like, yeah. 
I don't think Prince, if Prince had done Sign of the Times and at the end he'd just gone, Sign of the Times, and that would have been the last line. I'd have been like, perfect Prince. That's that's made that song a six out of five instead of just a five out of five. So like the the opposite of every New Order song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, it's just one of those things that I kind of, I don't know, it's just a stupid thing that, particularly it was like an in-joke with me and my friends is, and I do like that kind of this finishes with just, you know, Prince, because there's no music behind it. It's just Prince and, the you know, and, and Bonnie Boyer and, and uh, you know, um, just everyone just kind of singing. Everybody's looking for Graffiti Bridge and that's kind of the end of it. It's a weird de- decision to um, to bury that song in the uh, credits. I know a lot of movies have that where um, the best song on the soundtrack is somewhere deep in the credits. But that's usually like um, a thing where they, you know, whoever made the movie... Uh, didn't want to put um, a certain song uh, in their movie or um, it was decided that that song was going to be on the soundtrack um, much later in production. And so they put it in the uh, credits just so, um, uh, you know, they'd have a hit song that would um, be associated with the movie and um, they could um, like... uh, (laughs) Um, really uh, they could sell their soundtracks with Um, but in this case it's a Prince movie and Prince is making all the decisions (laughs) and it's it's a song that was um, you know recorded long before the movie was made and it's the title of the movie that's weird it's worth talking as well about like the real graffiti bridge which was apparently a bridge that existed um, in in, uh, in Minnesota that had like you know a ton of graffiti on and people yeah. would, you know would gather around it and stuff like that. It didn't look like the kind of the uh, you know the fiberglass one that's in in the film, um, you know, which I think is just about strong enough to have Prince ride his bike over it once and then that's pretty much as much use as a bridge as it is, you know. Um, but yeah, so and and you know this is obviously you know a real thing that Prince kind of knew about and that's why he wrote the song about it, you know, like. And then kind of as the script over the years was kind of changed and, and you know, the the role of um, Aura was kind of originally going to be played by two different characters like by, and it was going to be played by two different actresses, uh, which at one point included Madonna and Kim Basinger. Um, and then obviously, you know, they kind of like dropped out. Uh, it's worth remembering as well that at this particular point, Madonna was in Dick Tracy and yeah. she kind of had a hit around the same time with Hanky Panky. Um, which is kind of the most unlikeliest of singles to come from a Dick Tracy film. Um, is Madonna singing about Hanky Panky and how she loves a good spanky? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, but that's, um, you know, that's that's Madonna for you. Interestingly, yeah. um, Ingrid Chavez later wrote a hit single for Madonna. Uh, she did, yes. The following year, she, uh, she co-wrote Justify My Love with uh, Lenny Kravitz. Um, and, you know, in later years, Lenny Kravitz said rock and roll is dead. And Prince uh, retorted with what was his actual final ever B-side, which is rock and roll is alive and it lives in Minneapolis. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> which, so which is such a like you look at Prince and you're like, really, that's the last ever B-side he recorded is like a retort to a, a kind of like C, C-list um, you know, Lenny Kravitz single. Um, but yeah, Ingrid Chavez in the film, she's absolutely terrible. She's literally one of the worst actors who's ever uh, been on screen. You know, she's a, she's a perfectly lovely woman. 
Um. I'm I'm almost certain she is, but I think she had a very kind of you know she had a director who basically didn't seem to be able to give her any direction on how to act, um, because you know. I guess Prince had other things on his mind other than getting kind of good performances out of his actors. That movie, um, that movie has Morris Day trying to act intimidating. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Obviously, I, I feel like you know, talking about Graffiti Bridge, it just kind of you can never quite appreciate how silly the whole thing is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think the thing is as well is you know, Ingrid Chavez, she does what she's meant to do, which is she kind of plays this kind of wispy kind of you know she's meant to be essentially kind of like an angel who's come down to inspire prince to you know win supremacy over morris day i mean i don't know that doesn't sound like something an angel should do but you know she does anyway um and she kind of acts as a muse for prince throughout the song uh, throughout the film should i say um i mean she's she's obviously not an actress but neither is anyone in the movie (laughs) no although i will say this um you know, Michael Weaver and um, kind of uh, and Levi and um, I'm trying to remember who I think Michael B's the drummer who's who's in the film. They equip themselves quite well. You know, Prince makes them wear some really weird kind of like mesh tops here and there, and and okay. they and and they kind of have like uh, I think par for the Michael, course. <laughs> yeah, Michael has like a nose ring that connects to like a nipple ring, and there's all kind of like weird kind of stuff. That's got, but they they kind of they they kind of actually kind of rise above it a little bit, and they kind of they actually bring something kind of to the film, and it's quite fun whenever they're on screen. And and I gotta say this as well: the other members of the time they kind of match what Morris Day is doing, and Morris Day is a joy. You know, he's always a joy. You know, I loved it. I loved him in Purple Rain as as kind of misogynistic and terrible as he was in that film. You know, he has charisma. And and that's a, and, that he, and he didn't lose any of that in the kind of six years between Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge. He's still very charismatic when he's on screen. And, you know, Prince, Prince is a charismatic performer. But when he's not performing, he's not as charismatic. And that's something Morris Day can at least do is he can be charismatic when he isn't kind of performing. Um, and he still, ha- you know, he still has it on stage as well. You know, Morris Day, the performances the time give throughout this film are, you know, are all really fun. Um, you know, and they they at least match whatever Prince is doing. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, for this song, I'd have to say a four out of five because it's, you know, I love the production on it. I love the kind of gospel feel. I love the kind of, you know, the voices. I love any song that finishes by saying the title, um, you know, so it's got everything for me. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. This song is a five out of five for me. Um, it's I can I can see why um, this wouldn't be uh, a top 10 Prince song for many people. But it's um, it's a favorite of mine. I just I think it's 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 catchy. It's it's got like this really um, triumphant energy to it. And um, I don't know, it crosses my mind a lot. Like I um, a couple a couple of years ago, there was um, um, if you I think you must remember, I think I think we talked about this. well, no, we didn't talk about this, but um, uh, 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 there was this um, someone in a um, in the um, Flophouse Facebook group um, brought up something about um, the uh, newest um, body dysmorphia trend um, called a bikini bridge, which is apparently um, when um, a woman is so thin that uh, her um, bones jut out so much that... Um, her bikini bottoms never touch uh, 
her belly. Okay, I mean, I can't say I'm familiar with the phenomena, but I can, I can, I can picture it now that you said that. It's, it's a, it's a weird idea. Um, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the first thing uh, uh, that popped into my head when I read the uh, words "bikini bridge" was everybody <laughs> wants to find bikini bridge. Um, <laughs> And I think, and I think, um, uh, 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 we had a little sidebar about um, uh, 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 obscure Prince songs on that uh, common thread. You know, like you'd think that the title track of like Prince's, you know, third film or something would be more well known, <laughs> but but yeah. I guess just because of the way that it was treated by Prince, uh, and it's worth saying as well, he never performed this song live. You know, like this was never a song that he ever performed live. So even though he spent like kind of three years trying to get to the point where it would be the title track of a film, he then never used that title track anywhere in the film. And then he kind of never bothered to perform it any any time after 1990, um, which, you know, makes me think of uh, of the of the episode of uh, The Simpsons Sunday, Critty Sunday, uh, where they they say, you know, isn't it weird that in a, an episode about the Super Bowl featuring Dolly Parton, we saw no football and didn't hear any singing? And that kind of brings this to mind. It's like, don't you think it's weird that for a film called Graffiti Bridge, we never saw the title track performed by the main character at any point? You know, maybe if Prince had kind of, you know, kind of performed it a few times and kind of put it into his set list, maybe it would be more of a kind of fan favorite. Uh, but it still does kind of feel like an obscure album track, even though it's the title track of one of his films. So I don't know. It's just such a weird idea isn't it it's it wouldn't be a surprise like prince would get over his own songs pretty quickly uh in some cases and yeah. um, maybe he was just over graffiti bridge by the time they started making the movie graffiti bridge <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna guess that if a song had been around for three years with prince by the time you get to the third year of it he is completely done with that song and he, <laughs> he really just wants to get it out of the way i don't think like there's anything more we could say about graffiti bridge uh, you know the, the the song, the album, or the film. Um, you know there will be one more one more kind of episode about this. You know about this album, but the thing is, that's just as I said, a kind of mishmash, <laughs> and it's not really to me. I don't feel like it's a real song. It's just three minutes of time wasted. Uh, but you know, I'll talk about that next. So uh, let's go to plugs. Have you got anything you wish to plug, Martin? I don't know. Um, follow me on Hotmail. No. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. If you run across me on Tinder, swipe right. <laughs> and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. And otherwise, everybody wants to find Graffiti Bridge. Everybody's looking for love. <laughs> Generation have just taken control. Oh.